Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi friends and welcome back to the Psyche Podcast and as I mentioned on Monday it's that Christmas week for anyone who celebrates Christmas. If you don't it's just a week in December I guess (laughs) but I did think about having a festive themed episodes but you know (laughs) it's all a little bit weird at the moment so we're talking career coaching which actually on the face of it you might think hmm where but I think actually for a lot of us even though Christmas if we're celebrating is is different there is still often some space to to sit and reflect about what is important to us and that's definitely something could just be me from my experience having that time to pause and reflect and so I think that there is a lot in the conversation with Terry about reflecting particularly on your own superpowers which we'll come back to at the end that is a really valuable activity and really thinking about yourself checking in with yourself so I think this is a good week to do that, to be thankful for what you have in, in your life. And I think with you know Christmas, particularly New Year, it's that kind of looking forward and all of that. But, um, you know, I, I do that a little bit differently now. And maybe I will talk about, about that next week for New Year. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I hope that wherever you are in the world, however things are for you, um, that you have a good a good week a good Christmas if you're if you are celebrating it and that is as good as can be in the in the current circumstances and I really hope that you listen to what Janine said on Monday and practice that aggressive self-care that you take that time for yourself to nurture and refresh yourself and spend a little bit of time checking in with how awesome you are and Terry has some suggestions in this episode how we can do that. So let's dive in. Hi everyone and I'm really happy to welcome Terry to the podcast. So Terry, welcome and if you could introduce yourself to us. Hannah, I am so happy to be here. Um, I'm Terry McDougall and I'm the CEO of Terry B. McDougall Coaching. I work with uh, people on executive and career coaching. I typically will work with people that are successful but not satisfied with their jobs to find more fulfillment and happiness in what they do for a living. Awesome. And do you know, the thing that immediately came to my mind is, do you find a lot of people that, that come to you, they've kind of reached that, whatever it is, the pinnacle of what they've been aiming for. And then they're like, oh, is is that it and and they my perception is that we then can immediately blame the job like well maybe it's not the right job it's it's something else it's something else where mm-hmm. actually it's not the job at all it's it's something within us and uh, th- that's kind of what came to mind yeah. and I wonder if that's what you see yeah you know when I talk about working with people that are successful but not satisfied it's very common to look at their background and just see a tremendous amount of success going back to 
you know, even childhood, you know, that they were, they were um, high performers at school, they were very focused on, you know, making good grades, making good marks. Um, when they got into the workplace, they were very focused on what was expected of them by their boss. And they kept sort of checking all the boxes of what was expected uh, from them from an external standpoint. And because of that, they moved up and they got more and more opportunities. But a lot of times, um, they've really delayed gratification because they, you know, maybe wanted to get into a good university. So they worked really hard for that, or they wanted to get a really good job. And so they worked hard for that. And then when they got into that job, they worked really hard and, you know, maybe worked long hours, sacrificed, whatever. And they'll get to a certain point and kind of wake up and realize, okay, I've gotten this success and I, I, um, sacrificed all this time and I thought when I got this that I would be happy and they'll wake up and realize that you know they're they got the title they're making a lot of money whatever and they're not happy and I believe it's because along the way that they sort of um, suppressed their own needs and desires and didn't have that balance between okay what's required externally and what do I need as a human being to be happy. Um, and so I, when I work with people, I really try to help them realize that they can give themselves permission to you know, check in, what, what do I wanna do? What's gonna make me happy? And how do I fit that into my life while still being successful at work? Mm. Yeah, cause I, I think that's quite a common thing that, that you've mentioned that, that focus on that's where I'm gonna get to. Mm-hmm. And we have so much focus on that journey and the external stuff that, yeah, we're not checking in. We're not actually asking ourselves, is it what I want or Mm -hmm. what else is there to my life? Because we've kind of got this script of, well, you've got to get through college. You've got to get a job. You've got to get married. You've got to have a house. You've got to blah, 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 blah. And then you can tick off all those things because you're just, you're just doing what what you think you should without actually Mm -hmm. saying, do I, do I I want any of that? Well, it's the formula, you know, it's the quote unquote formula for success that, you know, we're all taught to follow. And, you know, people feel like they're doing all the right things, but yet, you know, success doesn't feel that good sometimes. You know, it doesn't feel as satisfying as people think it will when they get there. And to me, I feel like the big thing that's missing from that formula is people realizing that whatever is special about them, whatever they really desire what whatever their special i call them superpowers whatever their strengths and superpowers are that they love to use a lot of times people don't offer that up or they don't pursue a career uh that is going to allow them to use that you know i i had a client who um went to went to college and studied accounting because his dad said oh you should study accounting you know that people can make a good living doing that He's a smart person, so he was able to get an accounting degree. In the U.S., we have this thing called Certified Public Accountant, and he became a CPA. He got a job with one of the top accounting firms in the country, but he was not happy. He was successful, but not happy. And when he came to me, it was I thought he was so interesting because usually you think of accountants as being sort of like these, you know, like 
you know, very cut and dry kind of like formulaic number people. And he actually had a side business where he had a game of the month club. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. And he was really looking for something that was more creative. And he, but he was so worried that if, that because he made a certain amount of money and he was successful doing this with this company, but really unhappy that he was not going to make, be able to make a, a change that would, you know, allow him to make money, but also have a little more flexibility and creativity. And it ended up that he actually, um, I just said, go out and start talking to people, you know, and it, and just through a coffee meeting, he met uh, a partner in a regional accounting firm that really valued the type of accounting that he did. They actually didn't have anybody that did that. And so he was able to, they offered him a job. He went there, he was starting a new practice. He was going to be able to mentor the junior accountants in the firm. And so while he was still doing accounting, it, he got to do a lot more things that appealed to his, I guess, like creative side um, that he never would have been able to do in this giant accounting firm that he worked for, where he was really pigeonholed into this one little area. And I think you've, you've kind of hinted at um, a couple of reasons why we might not use our superpowers at work. But I wonder if you mm -hmm. can talk a bit more around that, about, about why it is that we, we aren't using them and what we can do to kind of bring more of them into our work. Well, I think the first thing is that uh, people do not recognize that their superpowers are their superpowers because they will think like, well, this is easy for me. So what's the big deal? Like anybody could do this. And the reality is that a lot of times what comes easy for us does not come easy for other people, but we don't recognize that. I, I say a lot of times to my clients that you can't read the label from inside the bottle, right? We're walking around just being who we are in life. And we think like, oh, it's as easy for me. I can, anybody can do this. That's not the case. So sometimes it's really important to maybe go to people who know you well and to ask them, you know, what is it that you think I do well? And then also to ask yourself, like, what are the things that I love to do so much that I will do them for free? Or if, you know, um, if I'm at, if there's an opportunity to volunteer at work that I'll raise my hand to do that because those usually are your superpowers and um, looking for opportunities to do that is where you're going to find more fulfillment. Mm. It's really interesting. As you were saying that, I was uh, thinking I'm, I'm just finishing off uh, an action project, uh, a sort of voluntary project for um, a charity in, in, um, in Fiji. And I'm making some training resources for them. And my background mm -hmm. is as a teacher. So kind of making PowerPoints and handbooks is like mm -hmm. easy. <laughs> and yeah. in my head, I'm like, oh, I don't think I've made enough. But by the end of tomorrow, they're going to have three training courses that are like 50 slides, like really in depth. Yes. And actually, it's not taking me a huge amount of time. But for other people, that would be... Mm -hmm. very daunting so actually as you're saying I was like oh so maybe I'm not saying that every day I want to just be making powerpoints <laughs> right but it's something it, that you but... you know you could almost probably do in your sleep because you've done it so many times right yeah. you know you know you know how to use it you know how to think about what they need to know um you probably know how to make the slides look really you know enticing and interesting um <laughs> and that well that's yeah. you know that is a skill definitely yeah, well, it's that kind of looking professional 
but also yeah kind of having a, a yeah a nice feel and actually it's a not massively fancy I don't think but there are like uh, videos that I found little animations and so it's looks like they're in the slides but they're they're not they're on YouTube mm -hmm. but so it, it kind of looks nice and that's to me that's really easy to put in but, <laughs> but yeah I but many people would not be able to do that for sure no and and I, but I think as you were saying that's that's the thing that if it's something that we do so automatically it's easy mm -hmm. we don't appreciate the value of that skill in yeah. the workplace to other people yes. um, because it yeah like you say it's just easy for us it's just we can do it Yes, yes. And I, you know, I think that um, the biggest fear that everybody has is that they're not good enough. Right. And so sometimes people are afraid to say or show the thing that they really love to do because they're afraid somebody's going to say, that's no big deal that, you know, anybody can do that. That's And that I think being brave enough to be seen is a very important thing. And um, I think related to that, being able to look at yourself and, and love yourself, <laughs> you know, to say, you know what, you do a good job at this. And, you know, loving to do that is, is important. You know, I, I, I really believe it down deep down in my soul that everybody is here for a reason and you know so many of us will say to ourselves like well i really want to do that but i'm just not good enough to do that like people aren't going to take me seriously um and you've got to at some point step out be seen ask for the thing that you want to do you know and even if you don't like hit the bullseye on the first try you may get a little bit closer and learn something and, and get an opportunity that's going to help move you in the direction of the thing that you like to do and that you're going to get fulfillment out of. Awesome. And, and I, I guess there's maybe not quite the flip side, but you have people who are maybe holding themselves back from what they want to go after. But then you have people who maybe are constantly, constantly going for the next thing. Uh, mm -hmm. going after that success they're kind of so obsessed with the achievement yeah not not stopping to appreciate how far they've they've gone mm -hmm. but uh you sort of you talk about the fact that actually that can lead to unhappiness as well so I wonder if you could talk around that a little bit uh yeah that's that's actually um probably the bulk of the people that I end up working with because they get burnt out they keep you know they're driven they've gotten almost addicted to that feeling of achievement. And they've gotten very used to um, delaying gratification to the point that they forgot what it feels like to actually know what they want and to go for that. You know, it, it, usually when people are driven in that way, you know, they, it becomes a habit. And um, I think it's very important to step back and ask or, or like do a little introspection to say, what is the message that I'm giving myself that's causing me to be driven in this way? You know, is it that um, I'm not gonna be worthy unless I make vice president by the time I'm 35? Is it that, you know, people are gonna respect me more if I do this, that I'm gonna be happier or that I need to make a certain amount of money to be viewed in a certain way? Um, I've, I've had some clients who, you know, had situations in their childhood where there was a lot of deprivation. And so 
you know, deep down inside, what's driving them is to have more control in their life. And so they, they go for these very high paying jobs and they tell themselves like, I have to keep moving up so that I have more security. Um, but in those cases, it's really important to like ask that question and then say, okay, it makes sense that if you had deprivation in your childhood, that you'd want to be successful professionally and have enough money, but how much is enough, right? You know, if you're working 80 hours a week and never have time to spend with your spouse and children, what's the purpose of that work? You know, and if you dialed it back and you only worked 45 or 50 hours a week, is that really going to threaten your job? Probably not, you know, and you're probably still going to make enough money to support your family, you know, but I just think sometimes people don't go to that depth to say, what is it that's driving me? Well, I think in, in, in that example, it, it might feel like it's a material thing that's driving the, the money, but really it's that emotional yes, it is. gap. And, mm-hmm. and so to say, um, you know, how much is enough money? Well, there's never enough <laughs> to fill that emotional void. You could keep right. going if you could um, without burning out keep going and it still wouldn't wouldn't touch the sides of that because it's not dealing with the kind of the roots cause um that's right that's right yeah yeah well it's a lot of times the things that drive us especially if there are patterns you know like a lot of times when people come to me they'll say every job I take you know my boss is always so controlling or something like that and it gets to a point where yeah, sometimes you have one job and you don't get along with the boss, right? But if you, if every place you go, you're running into that same situation, it's not the boss, <laughs> it's you. <laughs> you know, you're bringing the pattern to the situation. And a lot of times, you know, if I work with somebody who has that, we'll go back and we'll find the root of where that pattern came from. And it's usually, you know, something from childhood. and it makes sense in a way that people do it because when they developed their coping mechanism, you know, earlier in their life, it made sense in that context. But what happens is that those patterns kind of get into the subconscious or uh, like what I call the operating system, right? And so anything that happens on top of that is always going to go by whatever the operating system tells it to do. And so when we are doing things and we don't like the outcomes and we're doing them repeatedly, you can't solve it at the sort of conscious level. You have to go deeper and say, where did this come from and how is it serving me and what steps do I need to take to start to change that belief that's causing this? And it could, you know, like going back to the example I used earlier about the money, you know, in childhood, children are helpless. Like if dad keeps losing his job and the family is, you know, on public assistance, you know, that child's going to feel insecure, right? They can't do anything about it if they're eight years old, but if they're 40 and they have a job that is paying a lot of money, or even if it's paying enough money, um, they need to step back and realize like, I'm not in danger anymore. I don't need to do what I had to do when I was a child to try to cope with this. You know, it, it's really about seeing what is not 
you know, replaying that old uh, movie from, you know, the earlier time in their life that caused them to develop that coping mechanism to start with. Yeah, and I think I I just want to... to take a little detour, I guess, from the kind of world of work, um, uh-huh. just to pick up on a, a point that you made there about what, you know, as a child and not having control, because this is something that I've, I've spoken about recently with, and, you know, the words uncertainty and unprecedented have been like bandied around so much yeah. at the moment with COVID. Um, but for a child, I think it's really important for, for any parents listening or caregivers to appreciate how uncertain it is for a child because they don't have that control, as you said. Right. So they're just kind of maybe not even really hearing much of what's really going on, just kind of whispers or um, mm-hmm. whatever. And they don't have the options and the choices and the control that we have, even mm-hmm. though it might feel like we don't have much. Yes. You know, you have, you have to, yeah, you have to sort of amplify that to what they might be feeling. And I think it's a great you know, just to tie into the point you made, a great reminder um, just to give ourselves some grace, but also if we've got young ones around us to. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's important also to put things in context for Mm. people who haven't lived through as many ups and downs in the world. Um, You know, I, I wouldn't have necessarily said that I, you know, had, I'm in my fifties, so I have been through a lot. But I was recently working with another, with a client that was in his 30s, and he really had started uh, working after the uh, financial meltdown in 2008, 2009. And he didn't really have a lot of context about the ups and downs of the job market and that kind of thing. And, you know, I was able to tell him like, okay, well, I lived through 9-11, you know, worked and lived through 9-11. There was like a big downturn after that. And then the 2008, 2009, big downturn, but we came back. And it's the same thing with COVID. Like it's, it's a hard time right now. I mean, I am not going to sugarcoat it. It's clear we, there's a lot of uncertainty with this. Um, but the economy is going to come back. There will be jobs again. It might be different mm-hmm. than it is now, but just being able to say like over the history of you know, the world, (laughs) you know, you go back to the pandemic of 1918, people came out of that, the Great Depression, people came out of that, you know, even, you know, my grandparents lived through that. Um, You know, it it does shape people, but we live through it, you know, and, and uh, I think if people are out there, and they have children, and they're worried about this, just to tell them, like, you're safe. We've got a roof over our heads. We're going to, you know, we're going to do the best that we can to make it through this, you know, in a healthy and safe yeah. way. Oh yeah. I think that's a great point because those experiences, like you said, they help us develop that resilience and that confidence mm-hmm. that things are going to be okay. Sure. And yeah, children have got a lot, a lot less experience. <laughs> of, of that. Yeah, they don't, they have no context to, to put it within. And it's, if it, it just probably feels like they're in the middle, like of a, you know, or tornado or something, but even tornadoes, like, you know, they go through and then, yeah, there might be damage afterwards, but, you know, you deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so sorry for that little uh, detail. Yeah, that's okay. (laughs) Um, Just to bring back, one of the things that you talk about, um, and I'd love to sort of uh, explore in a little more detail is about self-validation and how important Mm -hmm. that is. So I wonder if you could explain what you mean by that and the impact that it has. 
Sure. Well, this, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier, that um, people who are, especially people who are high achievers, get really good at looking for what's expected of them by other people. You know, so in school, it's the teacher, you know, what do I need to do to, you know, be an overachiever? What does the teacher expect? So people are rewarded for that, you know, uh, fulfilling other people's expectations. And um, a lot of times that means that they're, they're uh, kind of subliminating or sublim. <laughs> I have to say, I, this might be one of those things I have to, they're sublim. What's the word? Sublimate. Sublimating. Yes. They're sublimating their own desires. They're losing touch with what they want and what they care about because they're, they're putting that off so that they can fulfill someone else's expectations because they get rewarded for that. And over time, they actually forget to check in with themselves, you know, and they don't, they don't step out and say to themselves like, Terry, you did a good job you know, or, or even if say somebody's doing a presentation or they're doing a job interview and maybe they don't do as well as what they hoped. I tell people, talk to yourself the same way that you would talk to a dear friend. But most of the time people talk to themselves very harshly. They'll say, oh, you blew it. You know, that was terrible. You know, you bombed. Uh, even if they didn't, they'll, they'll talk to themselves really harshly that way. And I think that that causes a lot of wasted energy, you know, because people feel shame, uh, they feel regret, they feel guilt. That's like having a bucket of energy with a bunch of holes in the bottom. When, you, when you're spending any time in regret or feeling shame or feeling guilt, that is your energy just dripping away. But you can put a, you can put a Band-Aid on those holes by saying, you know, even if at first you say, oh, you bombed, take a moment and say, well, what would my grandmother say to me? They'd be like, oh, honey, you did such a great job. You know, I'm so proud of you. You tried. And that's the way that we need to start talking to ourselves. That is self-validation. That's, that's meeting ourselves where we are and lovingly being present as we move towards our goals and not abandoning ourselves and, and like pushing us off and saying, you don't deserve something or you're not good enough. There's enough things that happen in the world that give us those messages without us beating our own selves up. Yeah, absolutely. We spend so much yeah. time beating ourselves up. Um, and, and it was interesting that, yeah, thinking about how, yeah, how your grandmother would, um, would praise you. But I spoke to um, a recent uh, graduate uh, in mm -hmm. the US the other day, and, and he was saying uh, to one of, my, one of my questions, he wants to be making mistakes and he wants to be able to look back on this life of like embarrassments. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I just loved that idea of like, actually, I want to be putting myself out there and I want to be like, oh, <laughs> that went awful. Yeah. Or, you know, why did I do it that way? But to keep learning. And I just, you know, so many of us try and avoid that at all costs and to be at the age of what, 21 kind of going, actually, no, that's where I want to be in, you know, 60 years. I want to be looking back and going, oh, 
<laughs> made such a fool of myself in my 20s. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, pr- no progress is made from inside the comfort zone. Okay. In order for us to make progress towards a goal, we have to step outside of the comfort zone. We have to take a little risk. And of course that can be scary, you know, cause we don't know what we don't know. And, you know, that's why I think a lot of times people will try to like use that tried and true formula, like, Oh, you know, go get the job with the accounting firm. Cause people make a good living doing that. But guess what? Things are changing every moment, you know, thing like formulas that worked in the past aren't working now because a lot of things have changed. And so I, I actually, I actually had this talk that I do that you cannot make a mistake. It's, you know, a lot of times things that we think are a mistake actually push us in a direction where we're actually going to find more success. Um, so I, I am, there's also this saying that I really love that fail is an acronym for first attempt and learning. You know, like how do we learn unless we make mistakes? Yeah, I was thinking that exact same thing because I used to have that up as a poster when I, when I was a teacher. And I think that's one of the skills as a teacher is creating an environment where it feels safe to do that. Yes. You know, I think probably most of us can think of a teacher when we were younger who if you got something wrong it was it was terrible you didn't want to do it because you got told off for getting it wrong Mm -hmm. actually to be able to learn and develop you you need to fail you need to try Mm -hmm. it you and and then learn and adapt and yeah so I love that you you brought up that one because then yeah well I think that um I think that uh our our schooling systems in some ways do us a disservice because of you know grading and all of that because people focus a lot more on the grades than on the learning you know and and uh you know some environments where people are you know i think the montessori um style of learning is you know where children are just playing and and trying things that they can just learn in a really safe playful environment rather than like, okay, here's the standard and you have to do it this particular way. Because in a lot of, a lot of times that like eliminates people who don't think in that way. And it's funny because sometimes I will, um, I'll coach people and they'll kind of come in and they'll say to me like, well, you know, it's almost like they're confiding in me. Like I think differently and people don't get me, but yet been successful, but I'm sort of afraid to let them know that this is how I see the world. And I say, that is your gift. You know, like companies need somebody who's going to look at something from a different perspective. Now, it might be a little bit of a challenge sometimes being able to communicate that to people that think differently. But that's actually the challenge. The challenge is not for you to try to be a different person. It's to see the gap between you know, your valuable perspective and how you let other people know about that, you know? And so a lot of times I'm like, okay, number one, let's value your perspective and the way that you see the world and the way that you think. And then let's work on communicating that with people that think differently, you know? And then they feel, they usually feel a lot better because they've wanted some kind of validation, like that they're okay the way they are. Hmm. And going back to what I said earlier, everybody's here for a reason, you know, however you see the world, whatever your natural way of interacting is, 
is valid. You know, if you haven't gotten that message, it's not because of you. It's because of what's going on around you. Being more accepting of the, the ways that we think and behave differently. Um, and I think with education, I mean, I could talk about education <laughs> all day, um, but with schools like the Mon Montessori and the Steiner, I think there is a challenge in that our society is still geared around having achieved that academic success. So, you know, yeah. it's the whole system. Ugh. <laughs> but, um, but I think we are yes. slowly shifting towards that accepting that we are all unique individuals and we have, as you've been saying, our own unique gifts and appreciating those. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah awesome so i have some set questions i ask everyone that comes on and i'd love to hear your thoughts on these okay great uh, yeah so my first one is what brings you joy in your life what brings me joy in my life you know i love being creative and i think uh seeing people step into who they really are and show up authentically brings me a tremendous amount of joy. Awesome. And then my second, my second question is what makes life meaningful for you? Uh, you know, my family makes life meaningful for me. Um, I have three kids, um, age 23, 21, and 16, and seeing them being happy and uh, pursuing paths that feel authentic to them is super exciting for me. I mean, I, I really, um, you know, I want my kids to do stuff that feels good for them, you know, and not, not feel like, you know, they have to fulfill some dream that my husband and I have for them. Our, our dream for them is for them to find their own unique path that feels good for them. And that's, that is incredibly satisfying. Actually, that's what I want for everybody is just for everybody to show up um, and, and really be existing in a place where they feel like they're being fully who they are. Yeah, I think it sounds amazing, doesn't it? Um, but I guess that's what mm -hmm. we've been talking about this whole time, thinking about for career, how we can you know, find that path for ourselves that, that, feels, that feels right. Um, so my next question or two questions, our uh, overarching topic is mental well-being. So it's two questions around this. And the first is what does mental wellness mean to you? Oh, let's see. You know, mental wellness to me means self-acceptance. Um, because I think that when we're out of alignment, it's because we are not being present with ourselves that we're stepping, you know, the judge, or sometimes I call it the gremlin, that part of ourself is standing separate from who we are and is criticizing. So there's a separation. And, it, you know, I talked about it earlier, like, can we start to have um, self-talk where we're talking to ourselves the way that we would talk to a dear friend? You know, that to me is wholeness. That's, you know, and, and you know, that judge or that gremlin, typically that is us taking on the voice of someone who had power over us when we were children, whether that was a teacher or a parent or some other caregiver, that we internalized that so that we would stay out of trouble, right? If you got in trouble for doing certain things, you internalize that. But, you know, not everybody is the best caregiver. 
you know, and, you know, even people who really mean well, doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing the right thing for someone, right? So as we get older, we can make those decisions about the voices that we allow into our head. And if we're, if we're hearing you're bad, or you shouldn't have done that, or you should be ashamed, or, you know, you should feel guilty, like that is not helpful, right? I mean, we can be responsible, we can step up and we can do the things that are going to lead to a healthy life. But if we make mistakes, we need to be able to forgive ourselves for that and love ourselves. You know, we're all worthy of that. And even if we don't have that from other people, we can give that to ourselves. And to me, that's, you know, that's mental health. It's loving ourselves. Awesome. And then my follow-up question is how you look after your own mental well-being. Well, since I started my own business, I feel like that's been easier, you know, because I, uh, you know, my energy goes towards the things that I want to do. Um, I think it starts with, um, well, actually, it's sort of the balance of caring for my body. So making sure that I'm getting enough sleep. I'm drinking enough water, I'm eating regularly, I'm getting up and going for walks. Um, uh, I have recently have done this sort of like meditation type thing that um, every once in a while you, you stop and, you know, actually I love this because um, they teach you to just stop and f- like rub your fingers together and feel the ridges on each finger. And it's just, it's kind of getting you back into your body, you know, like getting back into the present moment. Cause I, I definitely have a tendency to sort of like live in my head. Um, so being in touch with the body, I think is important. And, um, and I also think I, I have a tendency sometimes to um, really on a deep level ruminate on things, you know, if something's bothering me that it, it, it's deep. It sometimes takes a while for it to kind of come to the surface and for me to even recognize what's bothering me. Um, but I've found that if I will sit down and write about it, that it comes to the surface and I can kind of make more conscious decisions about, sometimes I don't even have to do anything because sometimes it's just like that needed to be uh, expressed, whatever it was. And then once it's expressed, I feel better. Um, but. Uh, I think that that's really helpful too. Yeah. So I think I could probably go on forever about yes. all the different things <laughs> I've learned, but I think that those are some key things. Awesome. And then my next question, sometimes a challenge for people is, can you describe your mindset? Well, I definitely have um, a growth and opportunity mindset. And I, I always have, I think that, um, I believe in possibilities. I get super excited by ideas and and possibilities. I think that that helps me a lot uh, or helps my clients a lot in coaching because I believe, hey, if we can come up with the idea, we can make it happen. Um, And holding that space for other people is, is helpful, but it's, it served me really well too. I mean, I, my mother was 16 years old when I was born. My mom and dad were like so young. They got married and, but you know, we're very like working class 
people and you know, I have a graduate degree in business, right? And, you know, it's like one generation later, you know, it's first generation college graduate. And, you know, I have lived through what's possible if you can imagine it. Um, so I guess that's it, but like growth opportunity mindset. Yeah, awesome, fab. Um, and so then I think we've already given people so much amazing kind of content to think about. Uh, and ideas, but I always ask guests that come on to leave us with between one and three tips of top things that you'd recommend that we can try out that are going to have a massive impact, maybe help us with the self-validation or self-acceptance. Mm -hmm. So do you have a top one to three things that you can share with us? Yeah, I would say spend some time asking yourself, what is it that you really want? And do not allow any excuses to come into that, right? Because there's, there's really two different things between knowing what you want and knowing how you're going to get it. These are two separate things. But the first step to living a happier, more fulfilling life is knowing what you want. So, you know, sit down, you know, maybe do a few you know, deep breathing lessons or, or, uh, or exercises or meditation and just let that flow, write it out. Don't edit yourself at all. Um, that's one thing. Uh, the other thing I think is that, um, this, that self-talk start practicing positive self-talk. If you hear yourself being mean to yourself, forgive yourself for it and say, how would I talk to a dear friend and get in the habit of talking to yourself the same way that you would talk to somebody else that you really care about and love. So I think those are my two tips. And my final question is where people can connect with you. Uh, I know you have a book. I don't know if you can tell us mm -hmm. a little bit about that yeah. and where we can find you. Okay. Wait, well, my book is called winning the game of work and, um, career success or career happiness and success on your own terms. Um, that's available on Amazon worldwide. Uh, I have a website that is terrybmcdougall.com and people can come there and sign up for a newsletter that I send out periodically. And I'm also on LinkedIn. So I'd love to get LinkedIn with anybody who uh, feels like they like what I've been talking about. Awesome. And we can absolutely link in the show notes so people can find, find the copy of the copy of the book uh, and also connect with you. So great. Yeah. Thank you so much, Terry. I really, really uh, loved chatting with you. We could have probably gone off for ages, <laughs> all kinds of uh, tangents. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I love your message. And uh, as we said before we started recording, I think it's very similar to what we're all about at Psyche. So yeah, thanks for coming and sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. So thanks again to Terry for joining us. And I actually, I'm just getting my phone up for this because I did post on my Facebook page, what is my superpower? Uh, we were talking about that idea of kind of seeing if you're not sure what your own superpower is, asking other people. So here you go. This is what some of my friends uh, have said uh, about me. And it's a, it's quite a fun 
activity. I mean, you see these pop up, don't you? Like, what's your favorite memory of me type thing on social media? Oh, see, it's buzzing, buzzing away. Um, but I think it's it's quite a nice activity to do. It can be validating. And, and then it's nice to see traits that you recognize in yourself recognized by other people as well. I think that's that's quite a nice thing to hear. Uh, so I'll start with some fun ones. <laughs> I got from uh, the the trainer at my gym, camouflage um, for my superpower. And I think it's because the most recent class I was sort of in the corner and so he just didn't see me and, uh, you know, wasn't making sure I was working out hard enough. So a uh, kind of a more literal um, interpretation of uh, superhero. And my favorite from Nate, who I know is a regular listener, and I've been on Nate's podcast, that I am literally a British version of Black Widow. Um, I have actual abilities when you can use your beauty in MMA fighting slash gun skills. Uh, so I don't know that I have any gun skills. Um, I last used a rifle when I was an army cadet. Um, but I'm going to take it. Black Widow. She's awesome. <laughs> so, um, but then in terms of the the kind of traits and strengths type superpowers, there's some really nice ones. So my kindness, caring and great listener, having a laugh, um, cleverness and kindness and being articulate about mental health empathy intelligence fun um yeah so so loads of really nice traits and it's kind of I think sometimes people can post things and it can feel a bit like people are fishing for compliments or whatever but it's quite a nice boost even the fun ones there they they made me smile and you know I I kind of I posted that it was it was for the podcast for people to share but it could be that you kind of reach out to a few people around you to ask and a fun one, and we, we've done this before, we kind of flipped it the other way, where you give to other people the, the kind of traits. So think about the people around you, the people in your life, maybe the people that, you know, you would normally spend Christmas with if you're if you're neighbors at the moment, and reach out and, and let them know what their superpower is, or what a trait is that you really love and appreciate about them, because it can feel really good to, to get that, that kind of positive feedback there that appreciation from others and so it's a really nice thing to to kind of give to to reach out and just say do you know what I love you I appreciate you uh, I feel blessed to have you in my life and this is what it is about you one of the things about you that makes you so amazing um and see what kind of response you have um I think it's quite powerful hey maybe I will do that this week as well kind of reach out to some people and and let them know, but it definitely put on a smile on my face. And hopefully, uh, if you're listening and you're thinking about your own superpowers or my superpowers, maybe some of the same ones came up. But if you want to share what you think my superpower is, then uh, yeah, let me know on social media at Psyche Coaching, P-S-Y-K-H-E Coaching. Or if you have asked to find, you know, ask your friends or figure out your own. I would love to hear what they are. I think it's, it's awesome to kind of spread this positivity um, around our, our superpowers that we maybe don't recognize for ourselves. So that's been my, my kind of biggest takeaway. And then I guess thinking about how to weave those in to what I'm doing and, and using them. Um, so for yourself, have, have a go at that. I feel like I'm starting to ramble a bit. So that is always a good time to, to round this up. So if you're listening to this as it comes out, I hope you have a great Christmas or you've had a great Christmas. Uh, again, if you're celebrating, um, 
you know, because you might not celebrate Christmas. So this year you might be like, you know what, let's just wait <laughs> till the summer or who knows when. But um, regardless of all that, I hope wherever you are in the world, whatever is, is going on for you, that you are safe, that you are looking after your well-being and that you are being kind to yourself. Um, I think that is always such an important message and even more so at the moment. I really hope that you've enjoyed this conversation with Terry. Please do rate and review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Uh, It really does mean a lot to us. And we will be back on Monday with another episode. Take care. Bye.